Lisa J here and today is a very special day because I had the brilliant idea that I wanted to get a couple of my friends on the line and we just talk all things black. <laughs> Everything black. Black. I'm black y'all and I'm black y'all and I'm blackity black and I'm black y'all. <laughs> so I am joined today by my good friend Danielle. Hey Danielle. Hey. Okay, before we get on to some conversations here, uh, I like I like the people to know where people can find Danielle. Because, you know, Danielle, she be out here doing things. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at uh, PantherNGA. Um, you might be familiar with my uh, the podcast uh, that uh, my wife and her good friends uh, have called Toku Ladies. Um, they just released an episode earlier this week, and um, we have done some interviews before with several other uh, members of the Ranger cast, so it may be relevant to your interests. See, amazing, loving it, loving it, loving the loving the lady power. That's right, woo woo. And uh, didn't uh, we say that you might be joining us for an episode as well? Stick, stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we go way back. We, I, what's where's the when's the I think was that the first time I met you was at a at a Lexington Comic Con or something like that. It uh, that might have been when you met uh, Wifey. I think we met at Morphicon twenty sixteen. Oh, twenty sixteen! Really, 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 really. I know. I I know. I've seen your I've seen your wife more than you because I I, I I always bump into your wife. <laughs> All the time icons. So, but like, yes, okay, all right, yeah. Well, I'm so glad because every time you like in the fandom, you think like you know you're at your computer, you're talking to people online, and I don't know if it's just you, but like I always think like everybody's white and male <laughs> until they say otherwise. So, is it just me? It it says a lot that we consider that to be the default. I know. Yeah. It, and and it shouldn't be it should not be but like it's just so uh it's just so norm in in terms of like nerd and geek culture in itself like we just think the default is white and male but today we just gonna we're gonna give you a little uh, gonna give you a little flavor okay um danielle here she is from the uh, metro atlanta area you have the bronx and atlanta <laughs> built-in so you just, uh, just gave me uh, real black <laughs> uh, really black yeah pretty much <laughs> oh my gosh though no, before we started recording um before we started recording you were telling me about the oh my gosh i mix this up all the time battle for the grid that's the that's the game that's on the consoles right yes yes yeah yeah uh and and because you play way more games than i do way more and i have very strong opinions about those <laughs> games yes so please please okay in terms of power ranger games in general in general now now see now i'm i'm all i'm gonna be keyed in right uh what's wrong <laughs> currently with the power ranger games are there things that are good with the power ranger games and things that are not you know so like maybe like one good and one you know well, here's the thing. The best Power Ranger games are unfortunately never released in the States. Really? They're the Sentai games. 
the Sentai games, like there's a really good uh, Go Kaiter game on 3DS where like you basically have the ability uh, to like transform into the past heroes, you know, like you do in the show. That oh, yeah, it makes sense. Game. Yes, yes. We didn't get that. <laughs> In, in, in the States, it's like they just kind of phone it in. Um, we haven't had a really good Power Rangers game, in my opinion, since the Super Nintendo Genesis era. Yes, and I had those. Like, especially the the, the, the Genesis, when I had, oh, dude, like, I was on the bus, and I get on the bus, and, okay, so school bus is the metaphor it was a van whatever don't at me and so like you get on the get on the van right and then i was just one of the few kids like everybody had like a a, a game boy whatever i was just one of the few kids though that came out with like plop plop <laughs> with my hand yeah. with my, 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 my genesis right and then my plop plop all the um dub, double a batteries <laughs> that you yep, needed here they come because uh yo the um the game gear that drained batteries so freaking fast oh my gosh it's so dead and then dude like not only did i have like i had the game gear right i had i had the accessories so i had the tv tuner for the game gear so i turned my game gear <laughs> into a oh, tv fancy fancy and one of, i forgot it was one of these olympics right and we had a blackout in our i don't know if it was just our neighborhood or it was like like you know borough wide or whatever but it was a blackout and the olympics were on and so like we are of course our tv's not gonna work but no no I do have a TV, my game gear. So I got my game gear, my family, we all like huddled around my game gear to watch the Olympics. I'm just like, yes. And how long did that battery last? Listen, it lasted long enough to watch some gymnastics or whatever we were watching. Like it, it lasted long enough, you know? Like we, we made it work. Had to be what? We had to, it had to be what? Like the 96 Olympics. Oh no, Which, I was younger. Or was it? Or was it 92? Had to be 92. I was younger. I was younger. Yeah. Because I, well, I remember 96 real vividly because it was in Atlanta. Yes. And, uh, and we had, uh, some, so, um, Atlanta's not my hometown. My hometown's actually an hour and a half away. Um, but we had some of the Olympic events in my hometown. And then, uh, the gymnastics competitions were in Atlanta. Um, at the stadium that they recently demolished, um, Georgia Dome. Tell me, you you brought up that you you know a little bit about where you grew up. Um, now I don't know about you, but me growing up in the Bronx, being a black little girl, must be like people must think like okay, well you know all black people right you know similar similar experiences yes, but some of them are different. I, so like, what was it like for you growing up? you know, black girl in the Atlanta area? Uh, well, okay, so again, I grew up like an hour and a half away. And so my hometown, I would say, is currently now still mostly white. Uh, I really? would say, I would say uh, it's maybe like a 65, 35 split, everything else. Mm. and 
there was definitely a division. Um, I lived on the quote unquote bad side of town, quote unquote. Mm. So the way that um, my hometown was kind of divided up is uh, it was like a, a series of like exits off of a highway, uh, like numbers between. Well, now it's like one and like 14. So basically, if you lived past like exit six, white people were just like, nope, not going there, not going there. (laughs) But that's where I grew up. And, you know, it was near um, military installation. Some of y'all from Georgia may know exactly what I'm talking about Um, because my folks are retired military. That's where they retired. So, uh, like, we were fine. Like, we didn't have any problems. But, like, a lot of folk that I went to school with, you know, they'd be like, they would hear, oh, yeah, yeah, I live off exit three. They'd be like, oh, (laughs) really? They had to send the bus to me specifically because I was like outside of like the normal zone and I had to like, you know, make my changes and whatnot. Wait, so the bus, what do you, wait, so like which bus specifically? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, again, I'm from New York. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you get on a bus. Like, whatever. Like, who cares? Like, no, but like, what do you, what exactly do you mean? So like, um, there's like, uh, various like zoning areas. Mm-hmm. And so the bus that picked me up at my house would go around like the general area. And then once that route was done, we would all go into a central location. All the buses would show up. And based on the school that you were going to, you would either have to change the bus or stay on your current bus. I see. So I had to, like, depending on, like, where I was, like, in my school career, whatever, um, there are sometimes, like, it was just straight shot, awesome. And then there were other times that I had to change. How long did it, I mean, how long, how far was the school from your house? Um, I would say, yeah, somewhere between, like, 15 to 20 minutes. Okay. Okay. But my mom, you, you know, like my mom worked like two or three jobs. My grandpa, rest in peace, grandpa. He he took me to school every day until I went to like middle school, and then it was like, nah, you need to start. <laughs> it's like not Nobby. Uh, <laughs> like, we out because that's when I started getting into like extracurricular activities and whatnot. He's like, nah, no, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you nah, take the bus. Nah. So, um, and then when I went to high school, um, they sent a bus to me specifically, um, because that high school technically wasn't zoned. I see. I see. So did you, did you ever have any experiences dealing with people who were uh, non-black that were maybe not so, uh, pleasant, not so, mm, uh, kosher, not so great? I'll start with a funny story. <laughs> Just because it, 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 it occurred to me. Um, so there are these conversations that we have about people like Sean King, right? Right. And not to get into a whole thing about it, because uh, I have opinions, but there are some people that will make, oh, he's Talcum X jokes. Or, oh, right. And, and they will just say flat out, I think Sean King is a white man point blank and the period and I'm like "Mm, I don't know about that 
because my grandpa was a black man, but he was very, very light-skinned. Very light-skinned. And if you looked at him from far away, you wouldn't think that he was a black man. But once you got close, it's like, oh, oh yeah, he he's definitely black. So I went to a predominantly white school at this particular juncture. Mm-hmm. And he came to pick me up. I was in like maybe the fifth or sixth grade. And uh, it's like, okay, cool. Safety patrol. I'm going to go home. My grandpa's here. And safety patrol stops me. They're like, what What? What are you talking about? You You can't get in that car. That's a white man. Like, that's my grandpa. And then I get in the car and I go. And grandpa's like, oh, okay, well, you know, how was your day? Whatever. And I was like, grandpa, you are not going to believe what just happened. <laughs> and I told him he got the most giant kick out of it. He was just a very red man. I just, okay. I just don't understand. Like, I get kids, right? Like, you know, ignorance slash other stuff. But, but like, adults, full-grown adults, like, that's something different. Um, That's something different. And this was was a high school? Oh, no, I was in, like, the fifth grade. Oh, the elementary school. Okay. It's like... But full-grown adults are saying, like, no, actually, that's a white man. Like, and even if it was, right? Like... I know what my grandpa looks like. Like even if it was, like you you do know that that you don't have. Oh, girl. Okay. All right. All right. I had I had some very particular experiences growing up. But you know what we gonna do? We gonna get these ladies on the line. We gonna get some. We get. We gonna add some other friends to the conversation. Okay. You ready? Let's do it. Okay. I am here with some good, good friends, right? Like, they are friends of the show. We just gonna have a good old time. Please roll through. Miss Karen <laughs> Ashley and Nakia Baris. Rolling through. What up? Yes. Woo! Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm rolling through with my fist up. That, that's right. Yes. Yes. That's right. That's and, right. And we've decided that we're not calling Karen Karen anymore because of all of the Karens yeah. in the world. She's mm. Kanisha <laughs> or, or something yes. different. I'm officially social distancing from Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is, is Ashley okay? Is Ashley or is yeah, that like on, <laughs> Ashley, whatever. <laughs> the artist formerly known. Yes. There you oh, go. I gosh. like that. That's or, the one. Or just like <laughs> act like you're from like like St. Louis, he's a Kern, you know what I'm saying? Like, just like, you know. <laughs> That's like St. Louis and down South, all of it. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, um, I was talking with my good friend here, Danielle, and we were just talking about when we were growing up and, you know, just being little black girls growing up. And, you know, I- I'd like to forward the same question to you guys. Like, we all have, like, different um, cultural backgrounds and that sort of thing. So, um, if anyone would like to take it away, yeah. What was it like for you growing up back in the day? You know what? It was it was very interesting because I grew up in Texas. I grew up down south, and I grew up in a predominantly um, Latin and white <laughs> community. I grew up in Dallas, um, 
And so for me, I'm half black, half Mexican, um, but I'm a black woman. You know, I, I, I look like a black woman. I've been treated as a black woman. Um, so for me, it was very, very interesting because when you grow up south, you down south and you come from a mixed race and, you know, I was what I say, I was the black child of the family because the rest of my, my sisters were um, full-blooded Mexican and, and my mom and dad, they only made me. So mm. I was that baby that just stu stood out. Stu you know, I was one of three kids in school that was black, you know, and it wasn't until I was in junior high that I told my mom, I want to go to an all-black high school because I need to figure out who I am in this world. And luckily for me, I was loved and, and, and supported. And my mom was like, absolutely. You know, she knew the things that I had grown up with. She knew the, the racism, the, just the, just being the different kid. She just knew all that stuff. And so she wanted me to feel, um, confident in, in who I am. And so that is really when I kind of, you know, really had an opportunity to identify and just, find my way you know and feel like for the first time and it was funny because it was a, it was kind of a mix between me fitting in and me really not fitting in because I was very proper and <laughs> very different my Mexican heritage is really um anyone who meets me and gets to know me they really start to understand like wow you are half Mexican your mom's you know roots have really been placed on you so it was just a very interesting way to grow up but luckily for me I had a wonderful amazing family that protected me from a lot of um a lot of racism <laughs> to be, you know, just to be simple and plain with it. You know, it, it was, it was what it was. Um, for me, I would say <clears throat> I did not grow up in a wealthy neighborhood or anything like that. Um, I would, I would say looking back that it wasn't middle-class necessarily, maybe when I got into to high school, but, you know, we were broke, but I didn't know it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my, yes. parents, my parents made a, you know, they, they were both working parents. You know, they were both very much involved in our lives. Um, I went to uh, schools that were culturally diverse. When I got into elementary school, um, I got into a program called the ACT team. It was for academically gifted and talented children. I was really high in mathematics, but low in reading. And I remember my third grade teacher, um, who I just loved, Mrs. OG, was like, um, I told her, I was like, I want to go, when I go to Hazleton, I want to be in the ACT team, and I would love to be in her class or whatever. And so I tested, and I ended up getting into this class. And in that class, there were 60 students, and I was the only African-American. So being the only African-American in that classroom, I, I had quite a bit of uh, problems with some of the Caucasian kids actually um, there who would, you know, I remember one instance I had brought, I don't know why I brought ice cream to school and thought that it was going to not melt by the end of the day. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. But I, we've, I put, we've all been there, girl. Yes. <laughs> Trial and error. Yes. And I had put, I had put this ice cream because I loved this ice cream. I put it inside of this little glass bowl, put some saran wrap around it. My parents didn't know, but I brought it to school. And then when it melted, I remember standing over the trash can and I was dumping it in. And one of the kids came over, his name was Jason. Jason was his name, Jason Durst. <laughs> and he's like, ugh, ugh, that, that ice cream is brown, just like your face. And I just looked at him like, what the, what, what the 
Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. I, I would be told, you are so pretty to be black. You like, mm -hmm. like it's a novelty. <laughs> and you know, when I was young, when I was young, I didn't quite get it. I was like, oh, thank you. But when somebody told me that as an adult, Mm -hmm. I, I was like, who the heck? We can't curse on this show. Um, I said, <laughs> I said, oh, is that supposed to be a compliment? I remember I was dancing. I was in college. Um, mm. And um, we were, I went out with all of my roommates and everything. And we were at a, um, some, I don't know, it was music that I don't normally dance to, but I went out with my roommates. We were all culturally diverse and so I went to one of their clubs. This guy asked me to dance and he brought me out of the dance floor and he said those words to me. You are so pretty to be black. Mm. It was like the entire floor stopped because I lit into him and then I left him on the dance floor by himself after I told him off. And I, I just, the, this is something that has just been continuous in my life. I'm 45 yeah. years old and you know, I have boys boys that look like me. Yes, my husband is Italian, Filipino, Lithuanian, but he looks Puerto Rican and sometimes Italian sometimes. <laughs> so my kids, <laughs> my kids, they look, you can tell that they are African American. Right. So when they're out, I, when my son started driving, my oldest son started driving. And even up to this day, we remind him of things that he needs to do. If you're pulled over, it's that talk that parents have to have when you have black children. And mm. it's interesting when I talk to my white friends, they don't ever have that conversation nope. because they, they don't have that problem. But I, yeah. even with these, these new issues that are going up, you, I'm sorry, I'm going completely off tangent. You were asking about like growing up. <laughs> yes. I grew up in a culturally diverse. We'll get there. Um, we'll get there. <laughs> yes. I grew up in a culturally diverse, um, uh, environment. My school was, was multi-ethnic. Um, but in the fifth grade, I think it was fourth or fifth grade, I was the only African-American kid in my classroom. And I remember my teacher coming up to me and saying, literally saying to me, Nakia, I know you might feel uncomfortable. If there's a friend that you'd like, you know, for us to consider for the program, um, I, I'd be more than welcome to, you know, let them take a test and see if we can get them in. But I guess they, they realized the difficulty. Um, it was, it was kind of a, it was a good and a bad thing because being in that class actually challenged me academically to persevere because people, you know, I was the Af only African-American in there. So I needed to show them that we are smart. We are bright just because there's no uh, other person that looks like me in here doesn't mean anything in this whole school. So it was, um, it was interesting. It was interesting, but I had, I've, I grew up with friends of all ethnicities and all um, facets of life. Yeah. Yes. All facets of life. And I've, yeah. I've definitely continued to have challenges. Um, you know, even in the convention world, I don't know, Lisa, if you ever saw, but I was actually in Karenisha's old um, city, <laughs> Odessa. And we went oh. to Cheddar's. We went to Cheddar's. Yeah. And, um, I was the only person there. And I think that was one of the, no, that was probably a second or third time that Kat was actually with me. And she, she saw firsthand how everyone was served but me. What? Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that happens. And so, wow. so it was, oh, it was on. I towed off the manager, towed off the, it was just, it was, it was something that needed to be said. Then we took it to, to Facebook Live afterward 
just to make people aware of, and then fans start making <laughs> cheddar memes and um, hepatitis. It was funny. <laughs> it was funny. But um, how long ago was this? This was. Uh, I would want it. I, it was around when we were starting because I remember we did it right after. We uh, it must have been about three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So recent. Yeah. Yes. Not, oh, yeah. yeah. Recent. Yeah. Within this. Yeah. Within this recent lifetime. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because, within the adult phase of your life. Right. Yes. Because I don't know. About, I don't know about anybody else here. Right. Um, me growing up, of course. Right. I was always in the gifted programs, the gifted mm-hmm. classes, the gifted everything. Right. In my in my school, but then I would go to after school at my church and the 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 after school the demographic was like kids coming from the catholic schools in the neighborhood right i went to mm-hmm. uh, i went to i went to church in harlem right so uh yeah <laughs> bronx girl going to a church in harlem oh yeah 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 we <laughs> we we stick to our folks um but but with that like i i my challenges growing up were with i mean like i had all different types of friends as well um, but then, but the after school, like, like everybody was black, right? There, you, everybody was black. And so my challenges were like, they would be like, oh yeah, you talk real, oh, why are you talking so white? Like, yep. you talk real white. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, I I get that. that was me. Yeah, I'm like, and I'm just like, oh, you mean I speak proper English? And it's so sad that yeah. you have to equate proper English and diction mm-hmm. with whiteness. Right, yeah. because yeah. everything else it's is subpar, you know. And yeah. this is, and, and I'm like elementary school, you know. I'm seven, eight, nine years old, and so like for me to fit in that way, it was it was really tough because I wasn't yeah. your typical Bronx girl. Like I mean, my parents were they were well off more than the average that we our neighborhood is. You know what I'm saying? So like there are certain things I'm just like. I couldn't relate to, but then, ho, ho, but then you, uh, start going to schools elsewhere where like most of the people are not black. <laughs> yep. Middle school was something else. <laughs> like my middle wow. school was like literally half white, half Asian. And then like t- t- 10 of us, like it was literally, wow. yeah. Like you would be like the only black kid in a in a class, and and, and then yeah. like you're in the gifted class, and so of course you're like you're I'm like the only black girl, you know, like it, it yeah, all of that to relate. So, um, but yeah, I just it's just crazy how the stories that you're telling all the way from childhood to like three years ago, please yesterday, huh, a week right. ago. I'm gonna say yeah. yesterday on Instagram, like that nothing has changed. That's why I think nope. that. It's to me what I've learned these last few weeks, because it's obviously been we've all been very vocal about the, you know, the racial discrimination or just police brutality and just all these issues that we're dealing with Black Lives Matter. We've all been very vocal and it's it's shocking to me the amount of people that I ran into that are they have no idea that this is how it's been. They're so shocked that you know, people of color, because I can't even say it's just black people, but Mm -hmm. it's people of color are dealing with these type of racial issues daily. This is something we've dealt with since we were babies until 
today. I mean, I read a comment today that was so racially offensive and I was just like, wow, like it's really coming and it's not coming from people who don't know me. They're fans and they're saying, I thought you were a hero. And the fact that you are speaking about these these situations is disappointing to me. Oh it just gosh. shows me that you aren't a you were never a hero. Oh, you gosh. misrepresented yourself. Yeah, you've misrepresented yourself as a Power Ranger. And I just it blows my mind because I I find it hilarious and that they're so, so offended. Crazy and, to me. Yeah. Because and when I, thought, I was I a kid, I yeah. needed to see you. Like, <laughs> thank you. When I was going, go ahead, finish. No, I'm sorry. Saying, when I was growing up, like black girls on TV, there was Aisha, who gave way to Tanya. There was Telly on Salute Your Shorts, <laughs> and then there was the kids on Ghost Rider. That's it. That's, That's yes. Lisa so, Turtle. Of course, you had the Cosby Show. You had the Cosby Show. Yeah. But, but if we're talking about like shows that aren't just black, yeah, like Lisa Turtle. Who else? Right. You know what I'm saying? Ghost Rider. People in Ghost Rider. Like, who else? You know what I'm saying? seeing Aisha was so impactful for me. It was so important. And the fact that Zach was unapologetically black. Mm -hmm. Aisha was unapologetically black. Mm -hmm. Tanya was unapologetically black, although I wish they would have specified where in Africa she was from. But (laughs) (laughs) she's Mother Africa. She she was from all of it. <laughs> so, you know, and, and each mean, and each one of those characters were different. They were different black people. Like they were yeah, different. Yeah. I mean, like say what you will about Power Rangers in general, right? Like there was some some messed up stuff. However, like B- Zach wasn't uh, Aisha wasn't a a a a female Zach, and and Tanya wasn't a, another just like female Aisha. Like like you guys had there were distinct. Um, personalities, right? So, like, at least I'm just like, oh, this is refreshing. Okay, something, someone like variety of black people, like yeah, you know, not that, all the same. And it's something <laughs> that, like, every other black person I talk to in Power Rangers fandom is mm-hmm. like, yeah, seeing Zach and Aisha and Tanya, it was important to me. Right, but that's that's because they were black. It's a shocking thing because Power Rangers has been like. It is one of the things that has been so cool about it that is is that it's always been a racially diverse cast. It's everyone at some point has had somebody that looked like them that's been on the show. So what I realized this week is it's almost like a fantasy land of they people are very comfortable with you fighting fake monsters, being oh a gosh. fake character, and being a hero that fights you know, these aliens and stuff, but they are very uncomfortable when you fight real monsters in life, when you stand up for real issues and you really have a voice and you're unapologetically black, <laughs> you know? I, it's, it, it was shocking to me this week and I really started talking to people because at first I was so like sad about it. Then I was so mad about it. And then I was so confused. But then finally I started talking to people and some of the, you know me, you guys know me. They would leave these crazy comments and I wouldn't let them go unchecked. I would check the comment. (laughs) 
and some of them would obviously buck back and be terrible people and they're just they're gone they're too far gone you can't really talk to people who are are beyond you know because it's 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 an what I think people don't realize is that there are different levels of racism it's not like you think racism and people instantly think the Ku Klux Klan they think hooded people burning crosses in your in your lawn sure that's probably one of the most extreme forms of it but there's so many other things that people have been taught and they don't even know what they've been taught is wrong and what I found was that when you really start talking to people it's almost like they had such a problem saying black lives matter or they had such a problem saying you know or just saying like racism is wrong or that is racist or that's white privilege they have such a problem with these things that are being called out because I think they would have to look at their childhood, they would have to look at their parents or grandparents, and they would have to acknowledge that maybe they got something wrong. And these are the people who directly influence your life. If you talk to me and you go, who's your hero? I'm like, my mom, my dad, my sister, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say they got they're, they were terrible people by teaching me this. You know, I it's one of those situations where you have to really check your childhood and go, you know what? I may have been taught something wrong. And that takes a big person to do that. That mm-hmm. really takes some some self-reflection. So when I see like the people like that, I mean, there's such diverse crowds marching and protesting, it just it it's it's inspiring to me and it's 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 like a ray of hope because I've seen a lot of people who've come up to me and asked for an autograph but are trying to challenge me and and, and it's funny, they've told me to shut up. They don't want me to speak or be unapologetically black or to say I'm tired of seeing my people die. I'm tired of seeing cops, you know, criminalize us, target us, you know, treat us like we're nothing. I'm tired of it. And I think that's the world. The world is crying right now, just tired. And so, but it's been very eye-opening for me. It's It's been shocking. Right. <laughs> but I have learned that a lot of people either don't know or they don't want to acknowledge possibly the things that they've learned in life are wrong. Karen kind of touched on this a little bit. People see an image on television, they forget that they're actual people. Right. They just, they think that they're this character and and cannot see them outside of this character. So that's why they call me Tanya and her Aisha when our real names are (laughs) Karen and Nakia. And when you start to, when they realize that you're an actual person, you actually have feelings and you've gone through this, I think that a lot of them don't know exactly that they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just need you to be that that person on television and not, mm-hmm. you know, say anything that, else about that, this. That safe spot, that safe yes. place for me. <laughs> right, right. And I knew, I knew going into this and posting what I was going to post, I said, you know, I expect to lose however many followers. Bye, yeah. bye, Felicia. Right. Because bye, this Felicia. is my page, and I'm yeah. going to write whatever I want on my page. And I, you know, I've had conversations with Kanisha, that would be Karen, um, <laughs> about there were some times when I had gotten, I had gone through all the emotions that Karen was talking about, where I was in tears because I just see all of this, having these personal conversations with my boys and my, my husband and my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is Italian, and she lives with us. So having these conversations with her and having her understand was was so um, fulfilling. And because she grew up in a time, she grew up in Newark and she went through the, the, the Newark um, looting, uh, what was it called? 
it was in 1967 where the whole town was burned. Oh, and it was yeah. Because, it was. Yeah, and it was because a taxi cab, a black taxi cab driver was, uh, I guess, ran a red light or something, something very, very small, and was completely beat down by the police. Mm. And the black people were tired. They were so yeah. tired of nothing being done, just like today. This was 1967. Yeah. This is 2020. And so they were like, forget this. I'm going to make a stink about this. I'm going to destroy this. I'm going to blow up this. I'm going to do all that. Now, so we've had conversations about, you know, um, what the past looked like and, and how it parallels the present. I mean, I know that we've had some advances. We've had some... We've definitely had some had, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King maybe, you know, really helped with bringing some advancement to black people and, and people of color with job careers and things like that. But we still have a long way to go. We Absolutely. still have a long way to go. We are still battling some of the same demons that our ancestors battled in the early 1900s. And this is freaking ridiculous. Well, I mean, think about it. You brought up Martin Luther King. He was lynched. He was murdered. It wasn't like he he's grown old and went through civil rights. He was murdered. And at the time he was murdered, his, his daughter actually posted something around the George Floyd time because people were posting a lot of quotes from him. And he, she was like, he had... Like he had a 30% approval rate. He was hated by Americans because he was bucking the system, mm -hmm. you know, and he was telling people, you know, you need to protest. We need to march. We need to not ride the bus. We they, like they were bucking the system. And the same thing, every leader we've ever had has been murdered. So it's like, you can't, like, I think, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that the black community or just people of color, it's been so much tragedy and they want to focus in on, oh, they're rioting or, oh, this happened. Mm -hmm. or oh, And I'm like, you're worried about someone stealing some jeans, but you're not worried about a man that was publicly lynched. I've seen more men killed on Facebook Live or on social media than I should ever have seen. Right. I should not have had to see the life of George Floyd slip away. I shouldn't have had to have watched those cops be as vicious as they were. Like that should not be something that we're accustomed to. And this isn't the first, you go back to Emmett Till, you go back to Martin Luther King, all these people have been murdered. So it's one of those things where I think, you know, I was watching that Oprah special and I think it was Ava DuVernay who said something about, you know, people are worried about the looting and she goes, but you don't want to look at like, why is that young kid breaking glass and there's shards of glass and they're crawling underneath to go steal a pair of sneakers. Why, why are they that desperate? Like what is happening in a community that is so desperate? And, you know, up until this point, all they ever do is over police a troubled community. They don't mm -hmm. ever give mental health. They never give. I mean, if you really tried, like a lot of people are against the defund the police, but if you really look at what they're talking about, they're talking about trying to heal a community as opposed to victimize it even more, you right. know? Um, so it's just one of those situations. There's a lot of, I mean, there's so much work to be done, but it's very, it's very inspirational to see for the first time in my life. And I think even in the civil rights day to see an overwhelming amount of people who aren't black, who are 
standing next to us going black lives matter Another and not one. just and not just in our country around yeah. the world like it is i've never seen amazing. anything like it yeah ne- and it's it's just like as ma- as mad and as hurt and as troubled as i feel I feel equally as inspired and it's young. It's like the next, it's not people my age. It's, it's people that are young and out of college and, you know, like young adults, like this is who's going to lead in 10 years. It's so inspiring to see. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I think that makes this murder a little different from say Trayvon Martin or Philando Castile, cause, cause Philando Castile was in me oh, as well. That um, was terrible. Yeah. I think what's also made this different is we're not in quote unquote normal times. Like a lot of folks are um, working from home in quarantine or, you know, they're not able to isolate and they're wearing a mask and and life is just not normal. Mm -hmm. So then you add a situation like this and you make it, 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 it it's it's a little more visceral like i have been talking yeah. about this you know these particular issues with people that i know for years literal <laughs> years we've been talking about getting rid of civil war monuments we've been talking about yeah. you know no no the uh, white supremacy is a thing uh no no patriarchy sucks um it, we need to stop that thanks uh, <laughs> and i've been talking about it and now all of a sudden it's like wow i didn't realize patriarchy sucked <laughs> yeah. Well, well, thank you. Well, for it's, it's, party. it's like it's brand new, and it's like yeah. it was funny because I think a comedian—I forget who it was—but he's like, you know, all these see all these like corporations are like, you getting Juneteenth off, and we're gonna re- we're gonna rebrand Aunt Jemima, and it's like black people are brand new. Like it's like yes, we are the uh, new trend. We've been complaining about <laughs> this stuff for years, and it's but they're catering to a new market—the black person, you know—and yeah. it's it's. Uh, and I'm happy. I'm happy. Thank you for showing up happening. to the party. It's fine. But Look, it's, it's, the white guilt yeah. is real. And I'm here for it. I am here for it. Because, <laughs> yeah, they, like, literally, I, I got all, like, like literally every memo about anti-racism I got at work. Every single memo. And they're like, yes, if you would like to observe Juneteenth, uh, you do not have to use any of your vacation days. Yes, please. Uh, it's fine. I'm like, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so well, there. Yeah. So- my job has not done that, but um, this is also the first time that my job has ever addressed any of this right. in my life. <laughs> and I've been with this company now. Uh, it'll be 11 years in September. And we we've gone through a through a through a merger and whatnot. And this new team, uh, yeah, they're like unequivocally, yep, Black Lives Matter. Whereas before I was with uh the, the previous CEOs, you know, were like, Oh, you know, I watch football to not think about politics. Why are they kneeling? You know. So yeah. so so it's so it's interesting to see uh how people are are, are coming to grips with this. Um I, I did see how for example Example, uh, your uh, colleague and friend uh, came to, to grips with it, uh, Austin St. John, on his uh, live, you know, a couple weeks back. I then didn't it, see it. What happened? It, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't see it either. Just to sum it up, just to an sum it up. reaction. <laughs> yeah, no, like he, you know, he said that there was a lot of things that he didn't realize that how certain people could be so evil to do wow. what they did. 
right? Because yeah. they're, you know, they're trained to protect and serve and, and, and he did not real, he, like you had to, he had to sit and watch it and like really, and really come to terms like, oh, wow, like that actually exists. And I'm like, okay. And you know what? I think, I think that is so beautiful because the reality is like his, I, I don't know if you know his backstory, but his parents are law enforcement, mm-hmm. you know, he grew up in a law enforcement family. So that's, that's huge. And that's, and that's the funny thing. Like I have cousins and I've got people who are in law enforcement. And so it's one of those crazy things that I don't know that people really wanted to swallow that pill. Like, you know, we've heard about police brutality and we've heard you've seen, I mean, I've seen black and white videos where police were doing things to people, um, to black people. And, and so for me, it's one of those moments where I'm like, I'm so happy that we're finally recognizing a terrible problem because if you really look and you really do the research and you really get because the thing is we didn't get the history they really wanted you to give to give you America has always whitewashed their their history they've never wanted to talk about I remember when we covered slavery it was like one chapter of the book that was it and and so 400 years was one chapter of American history. And and that book was like 400 pages long. So if you imagine one chapter was probably 10 pages, but 400 years was summed up in 10 pages. But if you think about, like if you really do research on the law enforcement, the history of law enforcement, you know, slavery was not illegal. It was a legal act to own people for 400 years. So the police department were, basically ex-slave catchers. They became the law enforcement. They, you know, if you think about the economy was built upon this free labor. That's why the civil war broke out. That's why that the one war we've had in America is on our soil was the civil war because they didn't want to let go of that kind of money. They didn't want to let go of that free labor, you know? And it was, it was really, you know, if you think about law enforcement being that kind of situation, it, it, if you really talk to people, it, it, they turn from being slaves to being sharecroppers. So now they don't own you per se, but you work for little to nothing. And then they realize if we build jails, and we arrest them in record numbers, we can get them to work for us for free again. Right. Because if you if you really just do the research, but that's, I mean, it gets really deep. And so it's one of those things, if you have a company where it was legal to catch us, kill us, do whatever you wanted, it's hard to, 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 to move away from that type of history. You can not talk about it. You can do whatever you want, but that's ingrained in the soil of America. The blood from Indians. I mean, it's like ever since they set foot in this country, it has been bloodshed, slaughter. Don't (laughs) don't get me started on Columbus. Don't get me started. (laughs) So, I mean, and and we're a young country in this, in, in the grand scheme of this world, we're a young country, you know? So it's just one of those things where you have to, first acknowledge it. And I heard, I had a long talk with someone. He was like, I'm not going to pay for the crimes of my great, great. And I said, no one's asking you to do that, but we also can't allow you to act like those crimes weren't committed. Right. And we can't allow you to build your life upon the privilege that those crimes have given you. So <laughs> what are you going to do? You can move forward and learn from this 
and open your heart, open your mind, or you can stay stuck. And, and I hate to tell you, if you stay stuck, it's about, it's going to be, it's going to be miserable moving forward. Cause I can't imagine you're going to shut us up moving forward. This is not going to end. This is the very beginning. And he, you know, blocked me. And I was like, okay, he's stuck. That's your answer. <laughs> there you go. Because like, sometimes the trash takes itself out. And Because yeah. and... the actual, like, the, the civil rights movement that, that everybody reads in their history books, like, it lasted for, like, 13 years. Like, it, was, it wasn't like, all right, 13 yeah. days, all right, okay, we're good. Can yeah. we move on to the next thing? Can we get back to the regular stuff? Like, it, it lasted a very long time. And so, and especially with the, with the, uh, the perfect storm of the pandemic and then a lot of people being out of work and now everybody is watching this on either on their phone or their computer. I mean, like uh, people and, and, and and no, no lie. Like some people do want to be outside. No, no, like there are some people who just want (laughs) to. I want to be outside. I haven't left my house in three, four months now. <laughs> yeah, you know, but like a lot of just people are just like, yeah, it, it's it, it is crazy. How have you two dealt with uh, fans? How do you guys are going to deal with fans moving forward uh, on social media when they get a little less spicy, if you will? Well, I, 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 I write them back. Well, you know what I've done. Okay, so. I have to talk it. <laughs> there were a couple of times where I was in a group text with with Kanisha and Mikey, and I was just lighting it up and just saying how I've become the Hefa demon and all of this stuff. And I didn't want to say. Um, so okay, let me let me backtrack. I've gone through the emotions of being angry, of being um, hurt, of being confused. Basically, the same. Uh, uh, actions and, and emotions that Karen has gone through and she explained earlier. And now I'm at a point where I've talked to God and um, I just asked God to give me the words to say to this person because I don't know what they're going through. This is coming yeah. from somewhere. And so yeah. <clears throat> I don't often go back and look at my messages the same day. Sometimes it takes a, a couple days. And, you know, there was this one time, this is before I prayed to the Lord because I was somebody else when I started. I was, woo, I had gone it's off. like this one then, time in yes. band camp? <laughs> yes. Because yes. He, my, my, he brought my husband into the situation. My husband had nothing to do with George Floyd, the police officers, the, none of this. And I was like, you know, and then there were two other guys that um, were – they weren't really in the mix, but they were like, oh, wow, bro, you need to be quiet. And so then I told them off, too. And then one of them was like, listen, lady. It was so funny. I read it in my head that way. He was like, listen, lady. No, I wasn't trying to say that. Are we cool? And so, like, and so I was like, yes, we're cool. We're cool. But I needed to, no. to let the other man know how I felt about him. I wasn't going to allow him to come to my page and disrespect me that way. No, I, I didn't care who he was or who anybody else is. This is my page. If you don't like what I say, then don't visit it. And some yeah. of the other ones, um, there was another time where a young lady, a Power Ranger fan, wrote me, and we had, you know, some disagreements. And she ended up messaging me privately 
um, after I told her, you know, kind of gave her some insight on what she was, I don't even remember what the, what she had said, but I, you know, I gave her what she did not know. And so she messaged me and she apologized and she said, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. I didn't know. And, um, thank you for, for teaching me. Some people are willing to learn and others yeah. aren't, you know, but, yeah. but what I want to do, my goal is I want to try as often as possible, at least once a day, I need to keep these topics alive on Instagram because what tends to happen is everything dies down. Mm -hmm. Like everybody forgets and then it goes back to normal, which is what I think so many people want to happen. I'm tired of this Black Lives Matter. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. We've been tired for decades. <laughs> Thank you. For decades. This has been what, three weeks and you tired already? <laughs> Thank well, you. I'm so sorry that you're tired. <laughs> I'm tired of people people being killed for no reason because they're black. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Oh. I'm tired of being followed around in the store. I'm tired that oh, I can't yes. like go and, yes. and, and hail a taxi. Now I don't have to hail a taxi because mm -hmm. I could do lifts. So f you guys. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm tired. Like I'm tired yeah. of people trying to touch my hair without asking me. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. Tired. Yeah. You know what's so fun is um, the rare times when like going back to uh what you were saying um nikki and what you were also saying karen about like being the only black person like in the room because mm -hmm. that is just a very common experience for me yeah. it's, it's 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 my daily life i'm the only as my grandma would say i'm the only fly in the milk and <laughs> in my apartment <laughs> <laughs> and uh when i go to you know do my job and i travel for work sometimes i am that's me that's it and depending on where i am i do not see anybody that looks like me for days yeah and this is normal for me i i have just come to accept it but yeah. the rare rare times that that situation is reversed and you take a white person <laughs> into a situation where they are minority it's eye-opening yeah. absolutely eye-opening yeah it's it's just I, I i'm i'm you know it's one of those things where it's almost like you gotta go we've got to kind of go through the fire we've got to go through this like purge of of raw emotion <laughs> before we could ever even get to a place where we can actually talk about real things, you know? And um, I remember some, I don't know if it was this week or last week, but someone was like, I don't even understand what you guys are, what you people are fighting for. <laughs> you know, we've already said black lives matter. We elected a black president for you. Like it was almost like oh, we've given wow. you all these things. <laughs> yeah. It, I'm telling you, I've had some, I've had some doozies. Um, oh, and I told, yeah, and I told him, I said, you know what? This isn't going to end until we have laws in place to protect us. And we have laws in place to have, you know, where police are. And this is the other thing. People have gotten into this thing where, you know, I have strong beliefs about the police force and law enforcement, but it doesn't mean that all police are bad to me. Like I said, I have family that are police. I know people that are police. It's not the case. But what my thought is and where I've, I've really settled in is that if you've got a group of bad ones and you have an entire system that protects an entire union that protects these bad ones, then you can't sit there and pretend like 
it's a good situation. There aren't any good ones if you can't rid yourself of the bad ones. You know, you think about what happened in Atlanta, and they're they're having reports where cops are saying they're walking off the job, they're yeah. calling in sick, they're mad because oh. this that those two officers got charges. They're like, we're not going to answer any calls unless it's you know a cop down. Um, and so to me, I'm like, they're extorting this city because they're mad that these two got this, this, there was a man who was murdered, you know, and whether you, you know, agree with the Brooks case or don't agree, the reality is there was enough uh, evidence that presented to the, you know, prosecutors that said, you know what, it was excessive force. They were not in, you know, they were not in danger of losing their life. People resist arrest all the time. Guilty people don't deserve to die. Guilty people have to go to jail and they have to go to court and they have, like, you're supposed to still have, a a cop can't be, you know, the judge, jury, and executioner. And so, but the city, like, the cops, they're walking out, they're, they're in total support of, of two men who murdered someone. And it's, it's just shocking to me because the laws are not in place to protect us from that. They're not in place for there to be any accountability. And I just don't believe that there should ever be a job um, or anyone in this country, if we are America, that you're anyone's above the law, including a police officer. Mm-hmm. You know, because that. then you put the you put such a huge, you know, percentage of people in danger. And so that was the conversation I had with that person because I was like, it's not going to stop until we get the legislation has changed. And it's not going to stop just because he's like, George Floyd, they, they arrested those cops. And I'm like, it's not, you know, George Floyd was the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. But we've, you know, there are a hundred other cases that need to be reopened. And, and I'm not saying that we're going to get that done. But what I think we can get from this is we can get the proper legislation in place to protect minorities in this country because we're the only ones who are going through this torture i mean you look at the black community it makes up only 15 percent of the american population but 75 percent in the prison population but that's but, staggering. but karen that's that staggering. must prove that you know the blacks <laughs> You know, there's just the black on black crime and it's just y- y'all just be acting up and, and it must prove that you guys are, just can't know how to how to act around in society. Right. And can I also say, you know what? That, oh, oh, go ahead. No, I was no, just no, going to no, add go that, that there's like also a need for black folks to be in law enforcement. We need Absolutely. black prosecutors. We need Absolutely. black judges. Absolutely. We need black attorney generals. Mm-hmm. We need black senators. We need to be in all aspects of the government. Yeah, yeah. Because these and rules... I think that's what the call is. The call has it has to like it, today's the day it changes, and it has to be that way, you know. Well, but can, I, I can have... you imagine? Go ahead. I, I just wanted to say something about what Danielle was saying about having black people mm-hmm. in office and senators and stuff. So I think that's all great. But if you have a black person that's in a senator, the law enforcement, and they're not standing up for black rights, then they don't need to be there. There are a lot <laughs> of black people yeah. that are yeah. high, high and mighty, but yeah. they do not care about one single black person. Yeah. I think the, they could give a hot damn. The, the mayor yeah. of, um, 
who the, it was the 75 year old man who was pushed oh, you talk about in buffalo yeah. in yeah. buffalo the mayor of buffalo oh, he's yeah. black and he he yeah. is 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 just like I, what 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 problem what problem what did the police did they did a thing what so it's yeah unfortunately you need the right people <laughs> to do the right things I think if you put laws in place and people are like, oh, if I murder someone, because imagine if I walked into your job and I killed someone and then my the, the repercussions of me killing someone in my workplace was I got fired. OK, I'll go get another job. But if you put in accountability and you put mm -hmm. in laws that will punish someone or at least yep. get prosecuted and investigated by an independent source, not by them. Because up until now, they investigate their own stuff. Um, but if you change those laws and you do those things, all of a sudden, people are going to, cops are going to stop killing people because they don't want to go to jail. They don't want to go to prison. You know, if there is some sort of repercussion, if you break the crime, you know, but you can't have where the guy in, in, in Buffalo gets pushed. We saw this old man he can't walk like there was like a report saying that he can't he still can't walk because of the head trauma he's gotten um and then you have when those officers were fired 57 police quit they just <laughs> in support off. of him not in support of the the 75 year old that was assaulted and there's video proof of the assault and so that's where you're like okay these these unions this system it has to be stripped down and it has to be rebuilt because there's something wrong with that system if they can't just say, dang it, dude, you pushed a 75-year-old. You got you got to go, man. You got to go. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. You, you're giving us a bad name, you know, or, you know, it's one of those things where if you just – we have to do it legally because that's the only way that we can we – can, make them have any form of accountability. And yeah, you're right. We're going to lose a lot of cops and there's going to be a whole transition. But I believe in the end, I'd feel safer. I'd feel safer about my nephews. You know, they when they start driving, I'd feel safer about a lot of things. You know, when I, when I saw George Floyd, I didn't just see George Floyd. I saw uncles. I saw that he looked exactly like one of my sister's ex-boyfriends. I saw people I know in right. his face. You know, and that's where I think we have to, like, I keep telling people I, that are fighting with me about it. I'm like, if I can open one heart, if I can just open one eye, if I can just, you know, if I can just do that, then all of this has been worth it. I don't care how many fans I lose. I can't, I can't live, I can't live quietly in this time. I just can't. It's on my heart too heavy. We need those police officers, those good police officers, because there are some good police officers yeah. out there. We need them Absolutely. to stand up, stand up against Absolutely. those that are that they know are doing horribly. And and you know, I remember having a personal conversation with. I was at a con once, and um, we were one of our guides, tour guides, or whatever for the city. Actually, what I'm not going to say where. Anyway, happened to be a police officer, and. <laughs> I remember just, he was nice, very sweet guy, but some of the things that he would say as a police officer that he was allowed to do, I was appalled. And I was like, how is that okay? That you could speed 100 miles an hour and you get pulled over and you just say you're a police officer, that you're fine. You just broke the law. Like, what? Yeah. what? Is that okay? And he was just naming a 
tons of things that he can do, his family members can do, um, and that's the problem. I, I love that Karen said that there has to be laws in place because once you establish that, okay, well, if you kill someone and you weren't, um, and, and it wasn't, uh, uh, what is the like word I'm justified looking for? Or it wasn't was justified it justified murder. murder. It wasn't yes. like a clear and present danger. Right. Yeah. Then you're going to get you're going to go to jail. You're going to uh, be punished. You're going. There's going to be consequences to your actions. So many police officers get away with so many things because there are no consequences to their actions. I just read a story um, of this police officer in New York that he ended up getting full custody of his three children, and his wife for years kept fighting and saying, "Please give me my children back." He is abusing them, but no, the system saw him as a police officer. I'm assuming that's why, and they never did an internal investigation. His son <laughs> he knows just all the died. Judges. His son wow. just died. What? He died from he was. They were keeping him. The what it says there is that his his wife said that he made his autistic son sleep in the garage. He was like eight or ten, some something young, sleep in the garage, starved. He was molested. He was beat. Like it was awful awful yeah. and just because of who he was no one would no one would no take one would action look into it. yeah right right yeah it's that above the law privilege thing which is not okay nope yeah yeah so, and i think that's where the problem is i think once you do that it's gonna it'll the people who aren't there for the right reasons will will, will quickly remove themselves because they're not going to put themselves in a line of fire because someone like that is who is um, gonna, you know, basically abuse their power. They're not a confident person. They're not a strong person. That's why they're in a position where they feel like they are above the law because they need to abuse their power to feel important. Those mm -hmm. people will be gone because they are not going to want to go to prison, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, to kind of bring it to, uh, how it, you know, you know, we friends, right. And yeah. And sometimes people feel like, man, like, I don't know exactly what to do. I don't know exactly how to help. I don't know exactly, you know, these things seem so big for us. And then, and then we feel helpless, right? For sure. It, for fans, right? So, listen, I have stories. <laughs> too long to tell right now about like you know like there with even within our own fandom right you guys have gotten it and then uh fans that are of color get it as well what and you know you guys are the 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 smarter and more uh uh the you guys are ahead of our time because <laughs> because me i just you know there's certain things that i would like to do <laughs> to some of these racists but <laughs> what would you? What would you suggest? I'm gonna for... lead with love. <laughs> yeah. Call them out and then lead with love. <laughs> yeah, but like, what, would, what do you suggest for for fans to do if we find ourselves in these types of situations um, amongst ourselves? Because you know, I mean, there there are times like you you guys have like a way bigger platform, and sometimes you know, like everybody can see when somebody's being well. Most of the time on social media, they can see when somebody's being racist to you. It's a little harder for us. So, like, what what would be some advice for us young ones? <laughs> you know, like I, for for me, um, what I've had to do just within the last week, I would say, I had to come to grips and say that um, I need to pray before I respond to anybody because I was getting so upset and just 
like talking off the side of my, just out of anger. And when you, and, and I, but, but in doing that, you don't always reach a person um, because it's almost like you're having a yelling match and nobody's receiving it. Luckily, the people that I, I did talk to, with the exception of the one that I had to block, um, they came back and they apologized and they understood. But I think that yeah. some people just don't understand. So I would take a step back. I would breathe. Once you see a comment that you really want to jump through and knock people out, take a step back, breathe, and then say, how do I respond to this where they're going to understand what this mission is, understand what is going on, understand how I feel about this. I think also coming from a personal experience, people understand a little bit more. They don't feel like you're just on a band bandwagon. You know, I, all of us that's in this, yeah. this conversation have experienced this. This is a lot, this, that's why we're so passionate about it because this is our life. This is what we've endured. And I think when it comes from a personal perspective, it, it may hit home a lot, a lot easier, a lot better. Um, but yeah, I think correction and yeah. love, correction in, in love, because if you have a hate, uh, you know, you're going back and forth and they're, you know, you're yelling back and forth, even in text messages and all of that stuff, it's not really going to hit the point where you're trying to get. We're trying to teach people um, about how important it, how, how much racism still exists. Um, so that, that's, that's how I would respond. Kanisha, I know, I, I know. I, I know. I agree completely. Like it's, it's, you know, it's been one of those learning curves for me because it was like, we were suddenly thrusted into a horrible situation, um, you know, in the world that we all, the world had to deal with. So it was like she said, there was a little bit of a period where I was just mad <laughs> and I couldn't even believe people were saying the things they were saying. But what I have learned is that there are a lot of people who just, they're ignorant to the situation and I can do one of two things. I can shun them and just be like, I'm done. Or I can teach them or I can at least talk to them. Now, whether or not they get it, that's not my problem. I'm not going to take it on that deep. But what I will do is like she said, you correct and you, you inform them. And what I've done personally for myself is I've been doing my own research. <laughs> you know, right. I've been, studying laws and trying to figure out well, what does that mean and what is it what is this and things that I've heard people talking about that I didn't quite understand I've I've been really like doing you can ask Nakia Nakia knows I've been like overloading myself with information because when I do talk to someone I want to talk to them informed I want to give them facts I want to give them statistics I want to give them things to think about I want to get open their eyes to you know when I said 75% of the prison population is black people like we're not out there committing crimes, you know, but we are being targeted. You know, you can go in there and so many people will go, I just got pulled over and and I got a ticket and then I didn't have any money. And then I it turned into a warrant and then I got put in jail. I don't have money to get a cop, so I don't have a trial date. And it's like it's just a system. Uh, lawyer, you mean. Has, a lawyer. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't yeah, I don't have a I can get a lawyer. I mean it's just like this terrible, terrible thing. And um, yeah, it's, I, just, it's a terrible trap that has been placed, you know, and you really have to, um, you know, black men really have to be careful with their life. You know, it, it's just shocking when you think about it. But, but what I will say is that, like Nakia said, so many of them have come to us so ill-informed and after a back and forth, 
they have actually said, wow, I didn't realize that. And I'm sorry. And I, you know, I, I didn't know that what I said was offensive. I've gotten a lot of that. Like, I didn't realize what I said was offensive. And I go, well, <laughs> if you start the sentence with, I don't mean to be rude, but I just, I find that like one thing that I feel that I've always had the power to do, even at like cons before any of this happened was I had the ability to connect to people mm-hmm. and I've had the ability to you know, make people smile and make people laugh and just give them a true, honest connection. And I feel like, you know, a lot of my fans have really appreciated that. So I have to continue to do that. I have to use that ability to connect with people to hopefully touch their hearts and hopefully make them see things just a little differently. And I'm not one of those people who's going to be like, well, you know, if you learn the wrong way, you're, you know, I, I don't, if we're going to start, it's a clean slate. What are you going to do moving forward? I don't care what has happened before this, now that you know it, what are we going to do? How are you going to change the world? How are you going to impact it positively? How are you going to love your brothers and sisters that aren't your brothers and sisters, but we're all a part of this? How are you going to love us? Let me know. (laughs) You know, so that's where I think I've, after these last three, two, three weeks that I've kind of come to where I said, you know what, you need to rely on what makes you connect with fans and you need to do any and everything you can to try to change their hearts because they, they've got to know that this world is about to change on them. The rug has been pulled out from under them. Those actions aren't going to be tolerated. And, you know, I don't know what to tell you. If you want, if you want to be like, oh, boy, they blocked me, then <laughs> go ahead. Stand on your island alone. <laughs> well, I, you know, know. Go ahead. can I just say this real quick? Because I decided while I was, you know, here on, on this, I was like, I'm just going to look at one of my messages because I didn't come back to this post. And I happened to find one of someone that that just said something negative on my page. And immediately, like, I had steam that started coming out of my nostrils. And then I was like, Lord, no, I need to. I need to. Actually, Aaron Coney responded to him and said, get the hell yes, out of page. got back. all these allies out there. All these allies patrolling the pages. Yes, yes. <laughs> But he said, he said in his in his dis, in his little rant, I'm ashamed to have at the end. I'm ashamed to have ever liked you as a Power Ranger. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I got that today too, girl. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, they were like, they were like, it. One, oh, one guy told me. He said, he goes, um, you're just as bad as the monsters you fought on the television show. <laughs> So how long did he have to come up with that line? Did he was like, all right, all right. So let me, let me just like, I'm really going ice burner with this one. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And that person, you just have to like, some of those people just have to be blocked because obviously that's deeply ingrained. You know, I don't think Nakia is ever going to change who Nakia is. Nakia is, you know, she's like, you do something wrong. She's going to be one of the voices that stands up and go, that's not right. (laughs) You know, yeah. but that's what we think about her. So why is it okay that you loved her when she was fighting a fake monster, but you don't, you know, you want to hate on her when she actually stands up for something? I always say, right. if you don't stand up for something, you amount to nothing. Stand up for something, guys. Don't be afraid. You know, now is the time. Now, now is, is the, the time, time to, yeah, it's it, now is the time. So I hope, I hope after people, you know, hear this, they're encouraged to stand up for something. And Nakia, I love you. <laughs> yes. Thank yes. you. Yes. I love we, you too. Like we we've oh, learned, right? With love. Tired. 
with love, okay? <laughs> with steam, just kind of fizzle out, you know what I'm saying? Okay, you yes, know? Yeah. And uh, with love. So you could either say yeah. with love, like inform them, or with love, Blackiana. It's okay. It's fine. Because yeah. you, you really have, they, only have so I much. zap them. Come back, I'll love them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just thank everyone here for joining me and it it was just so important to me especially to get black let me let me say that again black women (laughs) right because um it just seems as if like our presence is few and far in between in this fandom just like no 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 like we here and we're speaking out and we're speaking loudly and proudly and boldly than ever before Right. Well, you know what I do want to say before we get off of this, just really quickly. Of course. Those negative comments have probably made up two percent of the ninety-eight percent have been like, "Thank you so much mm-hmm. for using your platform. Thank you, because I know it's not easy, and I know people have given you a hard time. Thank you, because I, you know, they, I've gotten ninety-eight percent of love, and I have like two percent that's like acting foolish." Um, <laughs> But one guy was funny because he said, I think I'm going to call you the blackity black, 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 black <laughs> ranger. Get <laughs> all out. <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. And I go, that's awesome. But I'll be the yellow ranger who shines the light on all the injustice. <laughs> because I like that even better. And I, seriously, I really, because there's certain, there's, you know, there's so many, like in the, in the Hollywood, uh, you know, in entertainment industry, like there's so many, like, people who are just regular folks who like act, like acting who like to be actors and actresses but they're regular folks one day they're like thrust into the spotlight and now like everybody is in love with you and you're like i i don't know what to do uh, they're paralyzed and what have you and they i don't want i don't want to see the wrong things i'm so thankful that um you two aren't that <laughs> you two are very vocal and uh, and and outspoken and and it's outspoken for human rights like it's just can we just? It's not a black thing. It's a human thing. Human, it is. It's a human right thing. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. thank you guys again. This was wonderful. I cannot wait to release this episode. Oh my goodness! Because you know, you know, I'm releasing this episode on Juneteenth. Like that's happening. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's happening. I love it. So thank you for having us. Um, and yes. I know, like we've been, and I know, we, like the pandemic has just paused a lot of things. But are there? Are there any projects, anything on the horizon <laughs> that was paused, but then may maybe continued or, or maybe in the uh, works or whatever you oh, guys got going yeah. on? Yeah, absolutely. I- but like you said, everything shut down. It's Hollywood is just now opening back up and it's even very sparsely like they're doing it. You know, everything's very different. So yeah, I mean, we, Nikki and I are always staying busy on stuff, but it's like, you know, I honestly have been enjoying my coronation up until, <laughs> you know, the last three weeks I've been a, an activist. <laughs> like that's become my job. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it's been, it's, it's honestly been great to not have to, I've never been in a position where I didn't have to wake up and do something or didn't have to wake up and prepare for something. And I've never been in a situation where everything was shut down. Um, It's been a beautiful thing, just spending time with my husband and just, you know, staying up all night and sleeping all day if I want to, you know, and kind of just, I think, you know, it's like, it's really funny, but God works in mysterious ways. I think a lot of people needed to, um, 
unplug for a second and, you know, just enjoy life and reconnect, you know, and, and it's been, it's been great as well as, you know, I haven't really been bored. I've been, I've kept very busy. So. <laughs> but I think y'all have a little something that uh, is happening next year. Maybe you want to plug that. I don't know. Maybe. Well, yeah. I was, yeah, I was going to mention that, but I wanted to say something because I, I didn't get a chance to, I wanted to say for me, this whole discussion has been so great. And I thank you so much for having us on the show. And we were talking from a black perspective because that's what we are. And I just want people to know for me, it's not, and I think for all of us, it's not a white versus black because that's what it tends to come to white versus black. I feel like it's everybody versus racist. Mm -hmm. It's everybody versus everybody against racism because it's not just black people. (laughs) Thank you. It's not just black people that are that are being oppressed and, and experiencing this. There are some Asian, there are some Hispanic, there are some uh, Middle Eastern. There's a lot of Indigenous people, people of color, mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. that are that are experiencing the same thing. But right now, because George Floyd just the, the whole situation with George Floyd just catapulted everything and brought everything out it's becoming more aware and it, and it's, you know, um, we're looking a lot at the African-American race right now, but there are so many people, brown people that are experiencing the same thing. So I just Absolutely. wanted to be clear with, it's not a white versus black, it's everybody versus racism. And um, those laws that we're fighting for will protect all of us. Yeah. It's not going to just protect one social group. It's going to protect everyone. Right. You know, it, yeah. it betters the world. So... So I want to plug our show, Ranger Stop and Pop. Oh, show! It's May 5th through the 7th in Atlanta, Georgia. I know hopefully Atlanta will still be standing with everything that's going on out there. Uh, We we trying. We oh, that, 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 that Atlanta governor, governor just opening everything. Yeah, <laughs> like, God bless y'all. God oh, bless y'all. Yes. But we, we, we have a fantastic show coming, you know, wonderful. The whole team of Time Force is going to be there. My Hero Academia, Chris Sabat, Johnny Bosch. Um, you know, obviously Karen and I are be there. Kat will be there. Just a, a whole plethora of, of guests are going to be there. I also want to plug... Um, uh, Power Rangers Playback, which is Kat yeah. in my channel, and Lisa happened to be the first pre- person to interview us, and thank you so much. It's um, I've learned so much about YouTube just having a channel now, um, and we've expanded mm-hmm. it. I was having a, a conversation with Kanisha and just telling <laughs> her the, 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 some of the problems that we were having with copyright issues, with watching some of the Power Ranger episodes. So, But, you know, that only pushed us to be more creative and to find more things to add to our channel. And so we have, we've added four different um, uh, new content, uh, four different elements of new content that we've, that we've brought favorite things, power cook off and our television game show called who knows it's best. So those just premiered within the last couple of weeks and we've gotten quite a, quite a nice response. So please check that out as well. Thank you. Very cool. My 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 sisters, my Beyonce sisters are very creative. So watch their show. It's so fun. Thank so, you. Y'all, and of course, yeah. Karenisha was on it. Yes, Karenisha I was about was to say, it. I died <laughs> I had laughing. So much fun. We were we 
like honestly we laughed so much like we were sweating we were laughing so hard (laughs) I was like I was like I don't even know if this show makes sense because I I, we're just like yelling and laughing (laughs) that's how we act when we're with each other so I'm kind of glad that people see like a lot of people have said I can't believe you guys really are friends and I'm like no we really have a friendship and we call each other when we're feeling down when we're feeling good when you know when we need inspiration Nikki and I had a talk earlier and we talked through some script things that I was you know trying to figure out and we really try to be um a a source of what was that support absolutely yeah a source of support like it's it's one of those things where we're you know we've got big dreams to produce our own shows and to do our own thing and you know and 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 Power Rangers was that little you know that that one thing that one gig we had that brought us all together but it's given me like a whole family you know and it's just a beautiful blessing and and I I want to shout out all the Power Rangers who've you know stood up for Black Lives Matter and have been posting and they've been very um supportive supportive of the movement you know and that just makes my heart you know sing so it's awesome it's very cool I mean while we're thanking people right right like (laughs) you know me personally I know me me personally my personal like these two folks right okay okay I think I've known these two like like I like I think at uh Karen see I was about to call you Ashley because you know I was like you know let's so Ashley she (laughs) like like you were one of my first interviews ever like one of the yeah. first, like early early on so i've known you a very long time and then and, and then nakia was right behind you know what i'm saying and i just for me personally i'm like I, I truly thank the both of you for being in my life you know because you know i i've been going through some things and these two were so supportive to me it is like like you don't even know you do not even know how much I appreciate you too. So it's it's the same. Ditto, ditto, Lisa J. Lisa J. J. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so glad that I was able to have Danielle here as well. I just I was like, I need I need the 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 the, the quad, right? Just of black women just together and we just have these conversations. So thank you all. And yes, Black Lives Matter. And I'm black and black and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all.